vampires and slayers this is mixtress ray and you're listening to what's this bitch talking about to which the answer to that question is every episode of buffy the vampire slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date and sometimes angel and sometimes movies 20 years later (laughs) um hi hey i haven't talked to you guys since like may hello how are you doing i hope you're good um if if you only listen to my podcast and for some reason you're doing it in real time then hey it's been june july august part of september um it's been a while i have taken most of the summer off like i usually do (laughs) um but maybe you're listening from the future and um you just listened to my last episode (laughs) uh yeah anyway i don't remember what i what i talked about that about in that episode besides obviously the last episode of season six of Buffy besides that I don't remember anything but I decided um as promised I'm sure I promised it at some point that I was going to do an episode dedicated to catching up on Angel so when when last we talked about Angel um I guess it was February because I just looked, so I watched in the last week, it's actually been more like the last, it's been like over Labor Day weekend, I've caught up on Angel. So I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes of Angel, and I looked the air date, so the day that I was supposed to talk about the episode Angel of Angel called Loyalty. Um, It was February 25th. (laughs) If I was keeping up with it the way that I keep up with Buffy. I don't want to do this to myself again because I don't really like this show that much. I almost gave up on it a couple of times during this particular watch. And this closes out season three of Angel, which means four. Four is the worst season of Angel. And they're all bad. Let's be real. Although I actually remember season five being good. So we'll see. When we get there, we'll see if it actually is. But holy crap. So I almost gave up on it. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to take it less seriously. So there were a couple of episodes that I watched um, where I didn't even take any notes. (laughs) Um... Obviously, no one's here for the Angel shit. Let's go ahead and get some business stuff out of the way before we actually do talk about Angel. Um, So, we are going to be back to talk about episode one of season seven of Buffy on the... Hold on, let me look at my calendar. 24th. September 24th. So, that's only um, like three weeks away. I'm going to hopefully have time to talk about a couple of movies from 2002 because I just absolutely did not do that this summer. Um, I have recently realized that like I'm doing too, it's not like I'm working too hard necessarily, but I'm doing too many different things all the time. So um, yeah, it, I would like I would have liked to have prioritized talking about movies from 2002 because there were some good ones and by good I mean kind of like so bad it's good like some movies that came out in 2002 examples off the top of my head Crossroads that Britney Spears movie um I'm not a girl not yet a woman you know that one um The Ring American Psycho 2 the one with Mila Kunis Queen of the Damned don't laugh. I actually like that movie. Um, the, I said the ring. I said the ring. <laughs> Scooby Doo, which would be appropriate since this is a Buffy podcast and Sarah Michelle Geller was on Scooby Doo. Um, so yeah, there are some movies that I would love to watch and review with you guys. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I should, you know what, I'm having this idea just as I'm saying it. Maybe I should start incorporating movies, the movies, into, like, when we have little gaps. So I can still take the summers off, 
and then like talk about movies from 20 years ago during the little breaks that we have because we end up having you know breaks sometimes where it's like okay well it's gonna be a month and a half until I have another Buffy episode to talk about okay bye maybe just like during the the not summer months when we have a gap I can talk about a movie at that point Ooh, I like that idea okay I need hold on I'm gonna pause and write that down so I don't fucking forget okay so that's the plan I may be able to squeeze in a movie from 2002 because I do have tentative plans with a friend to watch The Ring next weekend. So maybe I can talk about The Ring before we, um, maybe I can talk about The Ring before we come back to talk about season seven of Buffy. But this way, going forward, <laughs> I get this idea, you know, in the last couple years of this fucking project, but whatever. Um, going forward, I can talk about the movies closer to the time that they were released. So if they released in like February of 2003, then I can talk about it this, this upcoming February of 2023. You know what I mean? Okay. That sounds fun. Okay. That's what's happening. That's what's up. Okay. Cool. Let's talk about, okay. The angel episodes that I watched, I will just list them for you really quick. Loyalty, sleep tight, forgiving, double or nothing, the price, a new world, and benediction. Okay. So I, I think that Angel is a really terribly written show. Um, I think it is probable that Buffy is also kind of, it's not, Buffy's not badly written as far as character development. And overall, I feel like the plots make more sense in Buffy, but a lot of the times the Buffy plots do fall apart. However, Buffy has good actors. So because the character development is generally good and the actors playing the parts on Buffy are generally good, that show is just so much better than Angel. Watching all... I did this two different times. I caught up on a bunch of Angel episodes and updated you guys on it back apparently like six plus months ago. And then this time. And watching a bunch of Angel episodes back to back makes it even more apparent how badly written the show is. Like, especially maybe I'm comparing it to shows these days. You know, shows these days are a lot tighter in their plots and character developments and overarching plot overarching like seasonal plots and storylines and stuff everything's just much television has gotten so much better in the last 20 years guys ah, but I really I mean I hope that they never hear this but at least as of the taping of the show Angel I feel like Charisma Carpenter who plays Cordelia is not a very good actor David Boreanaz, who plays Angel, is not a very good actor. Um, I do think Alexis... Alexis... Denisov? Oh, God, I just forgot his name. The guy that plays Wesley. I do think that he is a good actor, for sure. But what they're doing with him right now, and everybody's like, oh, it's so cool whenever Wesley becomes a badass. Like, he's not a fucking badass. He's an asshole. And not just because he, like, stole Connor and all that bullshit. Okay, let's... I'm, I'm going off. This, this is a summation that should be at the end of this. <laughs> at the end of this episode of the podcast. Okay, let's start with the Angel episode, Loyalty, that aired... Originally aired at the end of February 2002. I didn't write down the original air dates for all of these, so... I'm just generally placing us in time here. Um, okay, here are my notes. Wesley being suspicious. Okay, because he had just figured out the prophecy that says the father will kill the son. So he spends like a couple of episodes just scrambling around, trying going to all these different mis mystics and seers or whatever, and trying to figure out like, is this prophecy legit? Is Angel really going to kill his son? Because at this point, he's 
he's like super dad taking care of Connor and he, you know how Angel is when he has an obsession. Well, Connor's his new obsession. Um, Wesley being suspicious, having a bad dream. I don't remember what that refers to. I guess Wesley was having a bad dream. I don't know. And then Michael says, it's that shoe shine prophecy, man. <laughs> Get you every time. <laughs> and because he was watching it with me and I had to explain to him. It's not that prophecy. That's a different prophecy. That's the one that says that if Angel's really, really good, he gets to be a real boy someday. <laughs> oh my God. Um, some random mom. Okay. So some random mom at like the doctor's office steals some of Connor's blood and we don't know why. Later we find out it's because Wolfram and Hart is spiking Angel's um, like pig's blood that he keeps in the fridge with a little bit of Connor's blood, which... It's crazy considering, like, they stole a tiny little vial of blood. What did they put, like, two or three drops in each pint of Angel's fridge blood? Like, is that enough? So anyway, over, like, the course of, like, two episodes, Angel starts getting, like, more and more violent and, like, energized and kind of off the rails. And you find out it's because his blood has been spiked with his own son's blood. Um, I don't know. I, I genuinely do like David Boreanaz and his role as Seely Booth on Bones. And for the most part, I liked him in Buffy. I, I guess I just, I do not see him as a main character. That's what it is. I just, I don't. He is a great supporting character, but not, he's not a main character. I just don't think he is. Anyway. Um, oh, I became really annoyed. Now, usually Fred is one of my favorite characters and Amy Acker is a good actor for sure. And I cannot wait for her to become Illyria. I cannot wait. Anyway. So generally I would have thought that I liked her, but I don't like what they're doing with her character at this point. So it's not her fault. It's not the actor's fault, but I don't like what they're doing with her character at this point. They are making her very, you know, it's like one part manic pixie dream girl and two parts born sexy yesterday. Those two tropes. If you haven't heard of those, um, you've probably heard of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but essentially it's just like those girl characters that are just like, they're having so much fun in life and they're so quirky and weird and like, meh. like that's a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And Born Sexy Yesterday is like, is like, uh, Lilu on Fifth Element. Like somebody that just, you know, is born into this world, fully grown adult but with the mentality of a child because she's completely out of place in whatever the universe is. So they're kind of doing that with Fred. Um, the way that they're writing her relationship with Gunn is really kind of weird. It's like overly sweet. And like, she's all like, I'm so cute. I can put away a thousand gallons of food. You don't call it a thousand gallons of food, but you know what I'm saying? She's like one of those chicks that can eat 12 times a day and does, and she's just a tiny, tiny, skinny little thing, <sighs> whatever. I mean, I know that that person does exist. I grew up with a woman in, or with a woman, with a, with a girl in high school who she was so tiny and she, she hated it. She tried. So she was tr constantly trying to bulk up and she couldn't cause her metabolism was like scary high or something. Um, but like that, I've met a person like that once that I know of, you know what I mean? It's just doesn't happen as often as it does in the movies. And Amy Acker's thin enough that I hope, I hope she, I hope she was okay. I hope she didn't have issues with disordered eating because I worry about her. She was so tiny. Anyway, so it kind of grosses me out watching her performance in these episodes because just knowing what I know now about how much of an asshole Joss Whedon is and, you know, how he, he's definitely, or, I mean, maybe it's not him that is responsible for this 
current iteration of Fred. Like, I liked her better when we first met her because she was crazy and smart and traumatized. And I could relate to that. But her being this sort of, like... It, it almost seems like all that trauma is gone, and I don't like that. I don't like that they just flipped a switch on her trauma. Like, I'd rather, and flipped a switch on her craziness, too. I'd rather her still have some of that. Like, they're not even really having her say weird things anymore. They just kind of, like... It's like she, she showed up neurodivergent, but now they've made her just just into like the born sexy yesterday slash manic pixie dream girl slash mostly neurotypical like stereotype they've made her into some kind of stereotype at the moment at least and i don't know i i guess that's mostly her relationship with gun that she's acting like that and i don't i don't get that i don't know what they're doing there i don't know and gun just being sort of like an effortlessly good boyfriend when he's also a very traumatized person. So I don't really buy that either, necessarily. I don't know. Not that he would necessarily be a bad boyfriend, but I think the nuance that could be built in their relationship to each other is just, it's not being done. They don't have the right character writers on set right now or something. I don't know. Um, okay, so... Oh, um, but the, so at the end of this first episode that I watched, Loyalty, that aired back in the end of February of 2002, um, Wesley finds out an additional thing about the prophecy that, like, the first signs of the prophecy coming true, the father will kill the son, is earthquake, fire, blood. And the episode ends with that, I think. I think this is the episode that ends with that or is it the next one yeah I think it's this this episode where like there's an earthquake that causes a fire because Angel's like heating up a bottle on the stove or something and he's having a conversation with Wesley so the earthquake causes the fire and like the whole apartment burns down and Angel has like a gushing head wound so it's like, okay, the earthquake, fire, blood, that happened, that happened. Um, okay, so then the next episode, Angel, sleep tight. I am not going to be rating the episodes individually because, so I think I've mentioned this before, I'm sure I have, um, but I had forgotten until today. There's, there's a list in the back of the Angel episode guide that I have called Once Bitten by Nikki Stafford. Um, there's a list of all the Angel episodes in the back. Um, just all together and just very concise. And I have been highlighting the episodes that are worth it. Because there really are some well-written, good episodes of Angel. Like, I'm not going to get rid of... I own the whole series on DVD. And I'm not going to get rid of it at the end of this project. Because every season has a handful of episodes that actually are pretty good. So I've been highlighting the ones that are worth it. <laughs> And of the seven episodes that I've watched in the last week, zero of them got highlighted. That's, you know, that's the rating. There you go. Spoiler alert, I didn't like any of these episodes. Truly, I don't like this arc. I don't like the Connor arc. Um, I mean, in general, I like the idea that, you know... I'm, I'm, or I don't like it necessarily, but I'm okay with the fact that Darla and Angel accidentally have a child. So a child born to two vampires, what's that going to be like or whatever? But, and then he, even the arc so far that like he got kidnapped by Holtz. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself again. Okay. So the beginning of the episode called Sleep Tight. Wesley is obsessing over the prophecy still. Um, apparently, they, there was some mention at some point of, quote, a hardcore hell. And Angel's like, not not the fun kind, like, Nick, like Nixon and Britney Spears. 
or something, or not the bad kind, like Nixon and Britney Spears. I was like, what? Why are Nixon and Britney Spears in the same sentence com being compared to hardcore hell, quote unquote? So I had to write that down. Um, a chick turned, I don't know, that's not relevant at all, really. Holtz is like putting together an army of like traumatized people to get Angel, whatever. Um, <sighs> since when does Angel drink whiskey? Oh, we see him like show up at a bar to be threatening towards Lila and he sits down and drinks a glass of whiskey. So I, I guess that's why I wrote that down. Hey, I got some whiskey in front of me right now. Gonna take a sip. Um, Wesley kidnaps Connor, sings in front of Lorne, so Lorne figures out what's going on, and Wesley knocks him out. I mean, Wesley's trying to do the right thing. He really is. Um, but let's see. Oh, at one point during a fight, once Lorne comes to, and like, I don't know, people are fighting. I don't know. I don't remember why had something to do with Connor, I'm sure. Lorne um, fights using a whistle tone, you know, like Mariah Carey, the, <laughs> you know, whenever she has to stick her finger in her ear, you know, that thing. He has a whistle tone that uh, knocks people out, and it's amazing. I love Lorne so much. Lorne tells everyone about Wesley. Um, there's this Justine chick. She's the main chick that Holtz has... Um, Oh, and if you don't remember who the fuck Holtz is, I don't think I've mentioned that. Holtz is just this guy that a demon has brought 200 years in the future from his original time, which is back in the day when Angel was still evil, and Angel killed Holtz's entire family. You know, like you do when you're a vampire. And Angel had a lot of time to do this in his life. Oh my god, there's like, in the episode guide, there's like a an angel timeline in there where it just kind of gives you general years of throughout his life what he was doing and where he was. And even whenever he had gotten his soul back and he was real broody for like, you know, 100 years or whatever, um, he was still all over the place, going from like New York to Las Vegas to LA to China to... <laughs> It's like, he traveled a lot for being a depressed dude. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Holtz has the big revenge hard-on thing, but he's, he's doing a slow, he's doing a slow roll, you know? So, the main person that he recruited in his whole, like, band of PTSD people, P PTSD fighters... And have all been hurt by a vampire, so they're totally willing to take up for his cause, is this chick named Justine, who is also not a great actor. Like, who is doing the casting for the show? I mean, I realize that you can't really recast Angel or Cordelia. And I am not a Cordelia hater. Like, she was great for who she was in Buffy. But at this point, like... You know, if she's trying to bring a dramatic scene that isn't like, you know, a bitchy telling someone off kind of scene, which she's great at that. She's good at comedic acting to a certain extent, but she's really not good at bringing the, bringing the real like range of emotion and the dramatic scenes and stuff, or else she's just having a bad moment right now. And me seeing those seven episodes in a row where she was in a bad moment, like, and I know at this point in the show, she was being sort of like verbally abused at the very least by Joss Whedon. And he was making her life hell. Um, at this point, I think, and she was living with a lot of anxiety, so I don't blame her for that, but anyway. Okay, so Wesley kidnaps Connor, or tries to, but in, before he gets away with Connor, um, I don't know where he's planning to take him, I don't know, just raise him somewhere or something, I guess. He's planning to go away forever, um, to save Connor from Angel because of the prophecy, but Holtz intercepts and he takes 
Connor for himself. There's like this big rip in the universe. And Angel has to let him go. Um, but it really seems like Angel is giving up too easily. Um, truly. Okay, moving on to the third episode, Forgiving. Angel has never brooded like a father scorned. <laughs> he is being ex extra broody. He's hanging out in his like burned down husk of an apartment or room in the hotel or whatever. Everything's burned and he's just hanging out in there staring at the crib. Um, Gun and Fred go to Gun and Fred are looking for Wesley like at this point, they... Oh, yeah, they all know. They all know that he tried to take Connor at this point, right? Oh, okay, so I missed something. Justine, the main chick of the PTSD fighters. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them. Um, she slits Wesley's throat, like, halfway. She doesn't go all the way. So he's, like, bleeding out slowly in a park next to his apartment. Um... And that's how they got Connor from him. And everybody's looking for Wesley. I think at this point, yeah, they know. They know what Wesley did and they kind of understand why, I think. Or they don't understand why for like half this episode. But then they find his notes and they find the, the fact that he had found that prophecy. And they put it all together. They know exactly why he did it um, and all that stuff. But Gunn and Fred are trying to find Wesley. Um, because he's just completely disappeared, so they are worried about him. Um, Justine is upset because Holt's left without her, because I guess they were planning, the two of them were planning to take Connor to, like, a ranch in Utah and raise him together or whatever. But he left without her. Into the other, the portal to the other dimension that wasn't actually a portal, it was a rip in the universe. Okay, different. <laughs> Um, I thought that there, there was a good moment where like Fred was, she had a little bit of a freak out when they were talking about portals because, you know, of her past trauma. So at least they remember that she went through something, that she is a character that's supposed to have depth. They remembered for a second. Um, all this shit with Lila, I just don't like Lila either. Because she's just one note, in my opinion. She's just, like, evil, uh, evil corporate chick. You know, she's very one note. And I, I just don't like her. And there's a lot of Lila in these, episodes, these last episodes of season three. A lot. And we're going to see a lot of her in the first of season four, too. Because her and Wesley start fucking. Um... Cordelia, during all of this, all of these first few episodes that I'm talking about tonight, Cordelia is on vacation with Gru, um, so they're not calling her. Um, I don't know if this is the point where, because the big thing with Charisma Carpenter is that um, during a break, she had a child, and Joss Whedon was like a total dick to her about like you know, being pregnant and having a life and, but I think that's next season because I think she, I think they wrote it into the script, that whole Jasmine thing and that whole Cordelia having sex with Connor thing that happens in the next fucking season, I think is all because Joss Whedon was fucking pissed at her for being pregnant and being a human being. God, what an asshole. Anyway. So that everyone could blame her for, like, how much the show goes off the rails. It's like, oh, you could have, um, I mean, like, she, uh, whatever. Don't get me started on that. Okay. Angel has kidnapped a Wolverman heart guide. He's going to torture him. Justine has remorse. Um... They go to, like, the powers that be, or the senior partner's room or whatever in Wolferman Hart, and it's a little girl. Like, of course it's a little girl. Um, I don't remember why they went to her. Something, some magical something or other. I don't know. Um, <laughs> at one point I just wrote, Angel's always dark, brooding, and obsessed. Always. Boring. <laughs> 
Oh, at one point, Lauren says to, um, probably to Angel, yeah, to comfort him after, you know, because he's, he's really sad this whole episode, right? <laughs> um, you did everything you could with the knowledge you had. So I just thought that was just a sweet little moment. You did everything you could with the knowledge you had. That's all we're ever trying to do, right? Um, and that's also has the double meaning of applying to Wesley. He did everything he could with the knowledge that he had. I think by this point, at the end of this episode, they knew that the prophecy wasn't... It turns out it wasn't real. It was fabricated by the guy, the demon guy that brought Holtz into the future to kill Angel. Because um, he's incorporeal, so he can't do it himself. So he gets Holtz to do it. Um, because Holtz wants... To kill Angel after what he did to him. Um, so at the end of this episode, they find out that like this demon guy had gone to great lengths to create this prophecy and, you know, really back it up in all these different places because he's a time traveler. So he can go to anywhere to anyway. So he found ways to substantiate this prophecy, even though it wasn't real. And so it's not Wesley's fault that he didn't you know, he did everything he could to substantiate the prophecy. Um, so that whole thing that Lauren said obviously applies to him too. You did everything you could with the knowledge you had. But Angel goes to the hospital. Okay, so at some point, somehow Wesley gets to the hospital. I don't remember how. And they find him there. Um, or did they take him? Did they rescue him? I don't know. Whatever. He's in the hospital. He's going to live. Angel goes to see him. And he, at first he gives him like a little speech and he's like, I understand why you did it. Um, you thought I was going to kill my son. I understand. And then he starts choking Wesley. And this is just yet another thing. So many character choices that I disagree with in Angel, the show, just in general. And this is one of them. Angel would never do that with a soul, ever. And he's always giving speeches to all of his people. Like, if you see me going evil, stake me immediately. You know, like, he's always saying that shit, but he doesn't actually mean it when it comes down to it, you know? Because Wesley was trying to protect Angel's son, who is the most important thing to him at this point. It's the only important thing to Angel because you can only have one important thing to him at a time. He's got a very small brain, guys. <laughs> and so all he cares about is Connor and Wesley was trying to protect Connor. That's all he was trying to do. Yay, that fucking air conditioner went off. Isn't it quieter now? So he was trying to protect Connor. That's all. And Angel tells him, I understand why you did it. You know, he has like this little speech and then he just starts not choking him, sorry, he smothers him with a pillow, that's what he's doing, and, like, a bunch of orderlies, plus Fred and Gunn, I think, have to come in there and, like, get him off of him, and I don't think he ever, I mean, probably he apologizes to him for it at some point, but this is an overreaction, like, I get that, like, later we see Fred kind of confront Wesley, like, because she still cares about him, but, she confronts him and she kind of says to him, you should have come to us. You should have trusted us to figure this out. Um, and she's not wrong. And he betrayed them and it sucks. But this is an, a way overreaction. And this also totally not what Wesley would normally do either. I feel like in any other circumstance, one of them finds this prophecy, whatever, even if they felt like they couldn't talk to Angel about it, they would at least talk to each other and figure out a plan. So that's where he did go wrong, you know? But Angel trying to smother him with a pillow? Like, I get that Angel is, he's darker in this show than he was on Buffy. He's more willing to, like, he is willing to kill humans in this world. But I just, I don't like that they did that. After the, the world that they set up on Buffy was, you know, in some ways it's very morally rigid, the world of Buffy. But the rules are very black and white. Like, it's a little much. And I get, 
the idea that Angel's supposed to be a more grown-up show, there, therefore they could have more nuance in it. But it, for me, it doesn't fly when you're intimately familiar with both shows. Because then it means that he's just a different character. He's a different person on his own show than he is on Buffy. And that just stinks of inauthenticity to me. And that is something that's important to me. Um, okay, next episode, Double or Nothing. This is the episode where we find out that, like, seven years ago, when Gunn was, like, 17, he sold his soul for a truck, like, literally. And it was, like, there was some kind of expiration date on it, or it had something to do with the fact that he's falling in love with Fred. So it was he was about to give his soul to someone else when he had promised it to this casino mob guy or something in exchange for his truck. I, I don't understand it. I guess it was just like whenever this guy felt like it, he could take his soul or maybe it was a seven year thing. I don't fucking know. But in any case, um, this episode is about like Gunn needing to um, give his soul to this guy because he promised seven years ago, whatever. Angel saves him. So by the end of the episode, like, Angel has decided to move on from Connor being gone. So it's like two episodes that Connor's gone. And that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, at one point during that confrontation that Fred has with Wesley, that happens in this episode, she tells Wesley not to come back. So he's out. He's out of the group. Don't come back. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Cordelia comes back, um, and she is just like immediately like misnurturing mom to everyone. Um, she's paying a lot of attention to Angel, and Gru is noticing. Um, Oh, Gunn is, like, super... He just, like... He white fangs, Fred. <laughs> as, um... As, uh... Schmidt would say on New Girl. Because he... Like, he knows he's gotta go... Like... He, like, does this, like, super extravagant date with Fred. He wants to give her the best day ever before he has to give his soul up and die later that night or whatever. And he's not telling her what's going on. And suddenly she realizes something's wrong. You're trying to fit all the fun of an entire lifetime into one day. Like, what's going on with that? Um, because Cordelia had convinced him the day before. Like, take the day off with Fred. You guys just have a day together. Just go. Because um, you're in love and blah, blah, blah. And so they're having, like, a super date together. And suddenly Fred's like, oh. And when he realizes that she knows something's up he like decides to break up with her and you know get really mean and he says you know he body shames her and all kinds of shit it's like I'm gonna find a real woman instead of a stick figure and just like all this awful shit and that's another thing that I really don't like about this fucking show because it's like it just really shows and I know I blame everything on Joss Whedon just because he's the like the show creator, show runner, even though he's not really like there for every single decision being made. I still, I blame him for everything, but whatever. I don't know the behind the scenes, so he's who I'm going to blame. Um, it just, it feels to me like, okay, Buffy's the feminist show. Cause so that's the show where we're going to let chicks have personalities. At least Buffy, Buffy gets to have a personality a little bit. But Angel's different, you know? So they, they allow the, you know, remember that super rapey shit with Angel towards Darla? I mean, that's how they conceived Connor was like a very rapey situation. And then um, Wesley starts, to, he said some shit to Lila in one of these episodes that I watched. The one that I watched today, actually. I mean, I get that she's evil and everything, but like... You just, like, go for the job. Like, they had just had sex. 
and she says something to him like, now don't think about me while I'm gone or something like that. Cause she's like getting dressed to leave afterwards. And he says, I wasn't thinking about you while it was, while you were here. And I was just like, that is just too low. And then like flashing forward. So I shouldn't get ahead of myself, but Wesley's just going to get, I mean, I get that he's dark right now, but they don't have to make him into an awful person and they will be doing that. And we will have to watch. <sighs> anyway, I guess I don't have to watch. I really did have a second where I was like, cause I know I don't like season four of Angel, but Michael wants to watch it with me. So that helps because you know, he will watch it with me. So that helps me want to watch it a little bit, but yeah, I think I am going to keep up with Angel, but see, I'm getting ahead of myself again because I still have three more pages of notes. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> so he, gun is terrible to Fred. Um, he tries to turn himself in to like give up his soul, just fulfill the thing, whatever, fulfill the contract. But Angel shows up instead and he says, he offers his soul. It's the whole thing, whatever. Angel saves him. Cool. Um, and Angel also at the end of this episode, he's been staring at the crib constantly. He starts taking apart the crib. And um, <clears throat> so it's like, okay, I guess he's done moping now. Just in time because like... I guess we do have a whole episode, a whole other episode where Connor doesn't come back until the end of this episode. So I guess there's like three full episodes of um, Connor being gone. So I wrote down purpla because Gru is like reading the word purple for the first time. And he says purpla. I like this color purpla. I just want to remember that because purple is my favorite color. So I just want to start calling it purpla just for fun. It's cute. Um... Cordelia's like, I don't know, this whole episode, there's like something like the portal is still not completely closed or the rip in the universe or whatever the fuck isn't totally closed. Wait a second. Well, that means Connor's back. Wasn't he? Okay, I'm getting these episodes confused, guys. So maybe I shouldn't be talking about just like the soul. Maybe I shouldn't try to be talking about, like, actual details of the episodes since I'm getting all confused since I've watched seven episodes in the last week. Oh, Cordelia finds out that she has some kind of... So in this episode called The Price, Cordelia finds out that she has some kind of new power because she got a little bit of demon in her recently um, to help her withstand the visions. Um... So she lights up the entire hotel, like, at a time. They've got, the, like, these slugs have come through the tear in the universe. Or Angel tried to do some kind of spell. I don't know. Something. Some result of magic means that there are these little water slugs that are, like, parasites that get inside people. And they do that men in black thing where they have to drink a lot of water. Wasn't that on men in black or was that Independence Day? I don't know. But it's... A whole thing and Cordelia at one point she just turns into light and she vanquishes all of the like water slugs all at once cool fine just in time for um the portal to open up again um which is supposed to have never happened only once in a lifetime blah 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 but it happens again and it's it's Connor the end of that episode okay then the two episodes I watched last night. No, that's one of the episodes I watched last night. Okay, cool. Oh my god, right? Yes? Okay. Connor's back. Um, turns out Holtz came with him. Holtz, for an entire episode, he's acting really reasonable. Like, he's acting like he doesn't want vengeance anymore. He's being super supportive of Connor. Like, apparently in the, like, you know, the alternate reality... Um, even though it's only been like days in the angel reality, in the alternate reality, it's been like 16 years or something because Connor's fully a teenager now and he's going by Steven, the name that Holtz gave him. 
so he's back and um yeah and then um so connor's very weird and traumatized he has like this moment where he hangs out with um a, a girl who's definitely experiencing homelessness and she's um addicted to drugs and you know she has a really traumatizing life and everybody treats her very dismissively including angel who doesn't seem to give a shit because he tracks connor down at some point and connor had just found his friend had had an overdose in the bathroom of the place that they were staying and there were actually some cute moments between the two of them you know like this traumatized chick and she was eating like food they were eating food together and they were kind of having a good time and then they started kissing and then she went to the bathroom and she didn't come back. But Angel somehow had tracked Connor down to this like, you know, drug, this like old abandoned apartment that people squat in. And they, he, you know, he was like, yeah, she's a junkie. You didn't do that, did you? He just didn't even give a shit about the poor girl who had just died you know he didn't even check her pulse or anything angel did not try to help this girl at all not even a priority because all he cares about is connor and you know and also that just shows you know how things have changed a little bit in the last 20 years again because back then it was just like oh a girl that's a junkie well she's a lost cause beginning and end of someone's you know personality there it is at least narratively you know and things like this so that sucked I didn't like that um at some point I don't know which episode it was <laughs> I think the next to the last episode so it would have been a new world Holtz um he meets up with Angel and he has this really reasonable conversation with Angel about how he doesn't like, he doesn't like vengeance anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't want, you know, debts have been paid. You have suffered enough. I took away your son, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think he should live with you from now on. I think he should find out who he is um, and remain with you and blah, blah, blah. And he has this letter that he gives to Angel to give to Connor and he's like, I'm going to leave. Um, I'm not going to come back. Give this letter to Connor, blah, blah, blah. Or Stephen or whatever. And so Angel's really happy. He leaves. Um, and Connor's supposed to be hanging out with Fred and Gunn. Um, but he has left them because he has super good hearing. And they were talking about him. And because they were specifically sent by Angel to take Connor out and like distract him for a few hours while Angel went to meet with Holtz. Um, and turns out Connor has super vampire hearing, even though he's not a vampire, but he's a child of a vampire. So he hears, even though he's way too far away and he shouldn't have heard. And he goes to, goes to Holtz. And by the time he gets there, Holtz is dead. And it looks like he's been killed by a vampire because Justine because Holtz had Justine, like, stab him in the neck with, like, an ice pick or something two times. So it looked like he was killed by a vampire. Which, of course, Justine didn't want to do. Because apparently she's in love with Holtz. Whatever. I don't know. Stupid crap. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about any of it. Okay, so then we get to Benediction. Um, so Connor finds this. And, you know, obviously he finds Holtz dead. And he's... He's like, oh my God, Angel's just as evil as you told me my whole life. Ah. And then he goes back to the hotel and he acts like nothing has happened. He, you know, he goes with the story. Like Angel gives him the letter that Holtz had given to him to give him and tells him, I'm sorry, but Holtz, you know, he, he left, but he gave me this to give to you. And he, he wants you to stay here and you can, if you want to, um, for however long you want, um, which is nice. I mean, there was a little bit of consent involved in some of this shit. Like Angel wasn't immediately like, you have to stay here. You have to be with me. You're my son, blah, 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 blah. He wasn't quite as controlling as you might have expected him to be. He does kind of give Connor some agency and some space, 
which is nice to see, especially considering these days parents don't give their children any goddamn space, it seems. It seems. I have a lot of opinions about parenting, even though I'm not ever going to be one. <laughs> um... So, Lauren announces that he's going to leave town. He's going to go start a nightclub in Las Vegas. And everybody's like, but you, you should, you could have a nightclub here. And Lauren's like, yeah, but every time I rebuild it, y'all destroy it. <laughs> and he's not wrong. So, Lauren announces that he's leaving. Um, Connor, we see him, like, behead Holtz because that he's afraid he's going to come back as a vampire and then they bury him or whatever, him and Justine. Um, he's playing nice with Angel and everybody. He starts calling Angel dad. He starts training with him. All this bullshit. Um, we get, like, Lila and Wesley have been talking for several episodes because Lila keeps getting up in Wesley's shit and trying to recruit him for Wolfram and Hart, which he would be a great asset to Wolfram and Hart because he is... Um, you know, very studious. He's, he's the Giles of Angel, you know, he is the one that, you know, they've needed him several times since he's been gone at Angel Investigations. And like, obviously in a world like this, if they really gave a shit about the greater good, they would forgive him and bring him back into the fold. It makes no sense that they're shutting him out. It makes no goddamn sense. So Lila keeps like, tracking Wesley down and trying to make him feel even more isolated from his friends because she's like, ooh, he's vulnerable right now. I can get him. Like, somebody probably put her to it, right? Like, go recruit Wesley for Wolverine and Hart. So she keeps finding him at a bar or finding him in his home or whatever and, like, talking to him a lot. And this is the episode where they finally consummate their relationship. But anyway, that's getting it a little bit ahead. Um, all this shit with Angel and Cordelia, they've been building up to that this whole season. At one point, like, Angel acknowledged to someone that he's in love with Cordelia, but Cordelia d doesn't feel the same, or she doesn't get it. She's too stupid to understand her own feelings. I don't know. I hate this shit. I hate it. I think it's dumb. I think that we have established by now that Angel cannot have a normal relationship. He can't. So why do they keep doing this? It's like they think that there needs to be a love story between Angel and somebody. This is like there always has to be a love story. If he's not obsessed with Buffy, then he's obsessed with Darla. If he's not obsessed with Darla, then I guess he's in love with Cordelia now. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think it's stupid and I think they're shoehorning it in and I don't like it at all. But they've been amping up to this this entire season. So this episode is where it all comes to a head. Where like Lauren has a little talk with Angel and he's like, Cordelia feels the same about you that you feel about her. Just so you know. Like he says that to him right before he leaves town. <laughs> and then... Um, Cordelia, so Gru breaks up with Cordelia because he's like, you obviously love Angel. And she's like, what? Oh, I do, don't I? Weird. So Gru leaves town. So Lauren has left town. Gru has left town. Cordelia's on her way to meet up with Angel. So this is how the entire season ends. Cordelia's on her way to meet up with Angel because she wants to tell him how she feels about him. And she actually says almost as much on the phone. She's like... I want to meet with you. I want to talk to you in person tonight. Let's meet at this whatever overlook next. It's like an ocean overlook or something. Let's meet at the pier, blah, blah, blah. There's this really pretty spot, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, I think it's good. I mean, it just depends on how you feel about me. So, I mean, even though she didn't say it, literally, like, he knows exactly what this is about. She knows exactly what it's about. So, they're meeting up to tell each other that they care, that they are in love with each other, or whatever the fuck. So, on her way there, like, time stops and Skip, who's, like, the powers that be representative guy that we've seen before, and he's, like, a demon, maybe? I don't know. An angel? I don't know what the fuck he is. But it's funny, like, Michael looked it up while we were watching it. 
the guy that plays Skip is also the guy that plays Roy on The Office, as in the guy that Pam was engaged to at the beginning of the show. I'm like, what? <laughs> it totally blew up my brain and I had to like pause the show for a few minutes and just like let that sink in. But anyway, that was funny. Um, so Skip shows up, they have stopped time and Cordelia's wearing a white dress and he tells her that she has evolved past this realm and it's time to ascend. I mean, do they say the word ascension? I don't know, but essentially he tells her that like, she's done with this realm. It's time to move on. Like she's too good for this place which I also think is really stupid, really stupid development. Like, what about all the good that Buffy has done all this time? She doesn't get to ascend to another realm. Um, what about all the good that everybody else in all of these shows has done? She doesn't get to ascend to another realm. Like, it's like she, they're telling her she has goddess status. I just, I don't get it. I do like the fact that, so she's on her way to tell Angel that she loves him. And like, this is the final test, I guess, um, for Cordelia. Like, is she going to choose her herself or is she going to choose Angel? And she chooses herself. She's like, okay, yeah, let's go. This is bad timing, but let's go. So I think that's cool, at least that she's choosing a job of some kind, I guess, her job as being a good angel goddess lady or whatever. They don't even say what the fuck she's doing. But she does choose that existence instead of angel, which is nice. Although, like, how is that helpful? She's just going to disappear off the face of the earth to ascend to another realm? Um... I forget what happens. Like, do they think she's dead? Does it look like she's been in a car accident? But actually, I don't, I don't remember. Is this when she gets in the coma? I don't think so. I think the coma happens at the end of the next season, right? Oh, God. Anyway, unfortunately, Cordelia's character from now on is going to be an absolute train wreck. Totally and completely an absolute train wreck. And it's going to be so difficult to watch. I mean, it already is kind of to that point, but it's going to get even worse. <sighs> I hate everything about season four. Although Faith comes back, I read ahead in my episode guide a little bit because I was like, am I even going to watch season four? And we do have another Faith crossover. So I'm going to have to watch that at least. Anyway, I'm probably still going to watch stupid season four of Angel. I'm definitely watching five. Okay, anyway. So as Cordelia is like being lifted into the heavens in her white dress, ascending to the next realm. Um, Angel's waiting for her at the pier and Connor shows up and because he knew that he was going to be there and somehow he had orchestrated all of this in like an hour with Justine. <laughs> um, and they put him in a coffin and put Angel in a coffin and sent him to the bottom of the ocean. So the episode ends with, oh, and at some point, Lila and Wesley do it. That whole thing happens, just so you know. <laughs> and then the episode, the last episode of season three ends with Angel is slowly sinking to the bottom of the ocean as Cordelia is ascending in her white dress. So that's the whole visual. That's the entire reason that they did this fucking shit. So that he could descend as she is ascending. Oh my god, I do not remember how that fucking resolves. Because at some point Cordelia comes back. Because she has to come back to have sex with Connor and then have Jasmine. <laughs> oh my god. So stupid. Anyway, um... I hate the show, but I somehow was able to talk about it for an hour. So thank you for listening, if you made it this far you are pretty cool for doing so. So I will be back at the very least in like three weeks from today or not quite exactly because it's not Saturday right now. It's Monday, but I'll be back on the 24th um, to talk about the first episode of season seven of Buffy. 
if not before then, if I decide to talk about um, movies from 2002. We'll see. Um, no promises, <laughs> as per usual. Okay, that's it. Bye!